Welcome to Kingdom Life Church VA Podcast, where we are advancing God's kingdom one life at a time. We pray that wherever you're listening from, that this will encourage, equip, and empower you to also advance the kingdom of God. Here's this week's message. Praise God. I heard Pastor AJ ask you all if you all enjoyed uh, part one, and I got so much feedback from many of you about how um, that series or the beginning part of that series really blessed you all. And so I'm not going to pray we already sung. I'm just going to get right into the word. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, the purpose or the objective of the series was to discuss removing those things that contaminate us so that we can be all that God wants us to be. Is anybody just in here under the sound of my voice just really want to be all that God wants them to be? Amen. I want to be all that God wants me to be. And so having said that, uh, praise God for Latrice. Can we just celebrate her testimony again? Amen. As Pastor AJ said, we've been having testimonies each and every week. And, you know, the testimonies are really just to show how powerful God is. And when we get into that right relationship with him, how he can just supersede anything that, again, that we think, ask, or even imagine. And so, you know, it's the word of God, and I'm going to go through the word. I'm going to walk through the word um, on today. It's the word of God that actually uh, keeps our heart clean. You know, Latrice talked about being convicted. There is nothing wrong with conviction. Like she said, conviction lets you know that the Holy Spirit is still working. Um, and we don't share the word of God to condemn. Only the enemy, our, our arch enemy, Satan, will try to condemn you. We're not here to condemn. This word is not here to condemn. But this word will bring conviction. Why? Because there are some things in your life that you need to repent for. All right? You don't hear us talk about repentance a lot. But there are some things that you need to renounce and denounce. Right? There are some things that you need to confess to the Father so that he can help you get your life in order. Say spiritual alignment. Amen. So I'm going to start uh, today going back over the foundational scripture that's found in 2 Corinthians 7 and 1 out of the New Living Translation. Praise God. Amen. You, Some of you, our visitors may be like, why are they celebrating that? They're celebrating that because we know that it's the word that can bring about change. And we are people who love the word here at Kingdom Life Church. All right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 7 verse 1 out of the New Living Translation says, because we have these promises. And again, we talked about bringing your notepads. So if you're taking notes, you're going to have a lot of stuff to write down today, but it's for you to go back over. But because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness. Why? Because we fear God. And this isn't this isn't a scary fear. You know, we're in October, and so there are a lot of scary movies and things that are out. But this is a reverential fear of God. We fear God. We, we fear um, his commandments. And so we want to make sure that there isn't anything in us that would separate us from him. Amen? And so I began the series Soul Detox, and I'm just going to do a little... Um, Recap for those who have not heard the series, I want to say you can go back and see part one on our YouTube page, Kingdom Life Church VA, or you can go to our podcast, and that will fast track you back up for today. So I define detox as a process of time in which one abstains from or rids the body of toxic 
or unhealthy substances. And I shared with you all that recently, Pastor AJ and myself, we just went through this, I would say, grueling 14-day detox. And I'm telling you, it ridded the body of a lot of, I would say, unproductive waste. Now, in our souls, we have, I would say, soul pollution. Each and every day, we have the opportunity to inhale and digest a lot of toxins. And so I believe God is saying to us as a body that we need to detox from these soulish pollutions so, again, we can become all that God has called us to be. Again, things may look great on the surface. If I'm looking at each and every one of you on this morning, you look great. Amen. You look awesome. You look beautiful. So on the surface, things may look great, but over time... Um, Things can begin to pollute us, and those things will begin to accumulate inside of us. And because of that unhealthy accumulation, if it's not properly dealt with, those areas or problem areas can show up over time and begin to spill in other areas of our lives. You know, as I was looking up the natural detox, I was reading about the colon, and it was saying if your colon is not healthy, you can have some, um, you, some gut issues because of a leaky colon. And so if you're, if you're, if you're, you know, if you're having um, reactions like rashes or um, allergies, sometimes you need to check your gut health. And so I would say that this series is a gut check right? We want to make sure that if there are any leaky areas that we fill the holes. We want to make sure that we do the necessary work so that we can get the proper results. Amen? And so we're three-part beings. We are spirits who live in a body and we possess a soul. Now, our soul is made up of these five areas. It's made up of our mind, our will, our imagination, our intellect, and our um, emotions. And we want to make sure that these areas, these five areas, these things govern our thinker, our feeler, and our chooser. The things that we think about, how we choose and react and respond to things, and how we feel about situations, these are things that are found in our soulish realm. And again, every day we have the opportunity to inhale lots of toxic poisons. And so I began on last week to identify some of those toxic areas. Y'all remember that? And I talked about how if we don't take control of these areas, and I, I gave you two, there are three more, so there's going to be a total of five. If we don't take control and govern ourselves accordingly in these areas, these things can challenge our faith and they can damage our relationship with God and with other people. And so I, I, I kind of talked about just a few areas that I felt like you may need a soul detox in these things, and I'm going to go over them quickly. So you may need a soul detox, I said, if you focus on everything instead of the things of God. Like if everything else is more important, I got to go here and do this, or I got to go there and do that. And you never give any time, place, or space to the things of God, like coming to church. You know, making excuses. I want to say in this, I'll pause right here and say thank you to all the ladies who came out to our pajama party on Friday. Amen. We had a great, 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 great time. And again, that was our final event of the year. So stay tuned to what we're going to do in 2024. But, but if you're focused on everything instead of the things of God, you may need a soul detox. You know, if you're more focused on what's happening all around you versus what is happening in you, you may need a soul detox. If you find yourself surrounded by constant negativity, you may need a soul detox. 
you know, if you're constantly complaining, man, you may need a soul detox. Glory to God. If you're speaking more doubt than faith, if you're easily irritated, if you're easily angered, if you're always frustrated, if you find yourself distracted, you may need a soul detox. And again, when toxins build up on the inside of us, they cause the body not to function properly. And so your body will begin to set off certain signals to let you know there is a problem. Hello, hello, hello. There is a situation that needs attention. If you're easily angered, your body is saying something needs attention. If you're easily irritated, something needs attention. And I found myself on this week, I don't know about you, being able to easily identify those pe people who needed a soul detox. Now, I'm not saying, and I told y'all last week, I want you to listen to this message with the intent of, I need the detox. I don't want you to think about who's not here or who needs to hear this message. I want you to self-examine yourself, have a checkup from the neck up, and identify what you need to do so that you can have healthy and whole relationships with yourself first and then with others. Amen? All right. So the two areas I identified on last week, the first one was unforgiveness. And I felt like I needed to just revisit it just a little bit on this morning because unforgiveness in and of itself is defined as, listen, not willing to forgive or excuse people's faults or wrongdoings. It's not that you can't forgive them. You're unwilling to do so. And so I, I gave this quote, I said, unforgiveness is like setting yourself on fire and hoping the other person dies of smoke inhalation. I mean, just think about that for a second. I don't want to forgive you, so I'm going to hold on to whatever this grudge, grievance, or situation is, but I hope you die of smoke inhalation. Lord, help each and every one of us. Amen. And so then I went to this particular scripture, Mark 11, verse 25 and 26 out of the New King James. It says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. And this is why, that your father in heaven may also forgive you and your trespasses. And so we don't think about that a lot of times because we're so focused on the thing that has happened to us, the what this individual has done, what they've said, all of those things. And so we go to the altar, right? We go to God and we begin to, you know, make our petitions and requests known to him. And we got all of this malice in our hearts. Unforgiveness will stop you or block you in your prayers. It's right here in the scripture. It will block you in your prayers. It says also that unforgiveness, listen, can hinder your relationship with God. And we don't think about that. We like, you know, it's just God and me. It's just me and God. But you don't think about the fact that if you're dealing with unforgiveness or if you have bitterness in your life, it's blocking God from even hearing your prayers. Amen. I want to look at the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verse 13, out of the Passion Translation. On last week, I made this statement. And if y'all may remember this, because a lot of I saw a lot of you all posting this. I said, how dare you hold someone hostage when God so freely and easily forgave you. Y'all remember that? I'm going to say it again. How dare you hold someone hostage when God so freely and easily forgave you. 
And we know we were wrong. We know we were messed up. We know we do not deserve this life that God gave his son Jesus to die as an as a, um, advocate for us. We do not deserve it. But in spite of, he still gave. And so in spite of, you can still forgive. And so I want to look at this scripture because I believe this is going to bring it home for you all on this morning. Y'all got Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 out of the Passion Translation. All right, look at this. Tolerate the weakness of those in the family of faith. I'm going to just stop right there. Because last week I said I wasn't talking to the masses. I was talking to the church. Because the church, God showed me the church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, the faithful ones are some of the ones that need the detox the most. Because we bring a lot of junk into the body with us. And so we got to get the junk out so that we can be all that God has called us to be. And I believe because we haven't dealt with the junk, it's really hard for the church to unify. Now, we have a vision. The pastor comes up here each and every week. He talks about the vision. He shares with us about the vision. But it's hard for us to unify because we got a lot of junk in us. All right, so let's keep reading. So it says, you are to tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith. Forgiving one another, look, in the same way you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone Release this same gift of forgiveness to them. Now, I paraphrased it and said it a whole nother way. I said, how dare you? <laughs> Hold someone hostage when God so liberally and freely forgave you. And so then I talked about us being trapped in the prison of unforgiveness. The scriptures that we've read and the scriptures that I talked about last week, these are the key to get you out of the prison cell. But us, because we believe that we are so right and so justified, we want to hold on to this thing, this, this, this area of unforgiveness, but we're the only ones that's trapped. Do you realize that people don't really care about you um, holding on to unforgiveness with them? They, they just really don't. And they, they go on about their lives, look, as if they've never wronged you. Even though they have, they move on as if they've never done anything to you, never mistreated you, never said a careless word to you. They have gone on and you are still trapped. So I want you to free yourself today. Be free. But be free utilizing the word of God. Not being free, not, when I, not being free by walking away saying, well, I don't care what she did. I don't care what, they, what he said. No, that's not being free. You are still trapped. If you're still moved by it, if you're still talking about it, if it still affects you, you are still trapped in the prison of unforgiveness. It is only when, that, look, then what they have done to you does not affect you, are you really free? Come on, if somebody even in this ministry has done something to you in times past and you go all the way around the other way to avoid them, you are still trapped. When pastor says to greet your neighbor and that person who offended you is beside you and you purposely turn the other way, you are still trapped. If you get on the phone and talk about them, you are still trapped. 
And we got to use the word of God to break free from the prison of unforgiveness. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be, especially when Christ died for my liberty and my freedom, when he took everything on the cross, I should not be bound in any area. And when I applied the word of God to that situation, guess what? I can be free. See, you can't control what people think. You cannot control what people say. You cannot control how people treat you. Why? Because people are going to be people. But what you can control is how you respond. I share this principle with my, my children all the time. Your response is your responsibility. And I feel like this is the area that we really, really, really need to dig deep. Like we need that, we need that full body detox. We need a full body detox because we, we, can, we can brush over the surface of a lot of things. But we need a full body detox and we need to be honest about owning up to our own mess. Oh, come on. Come on, we got to be honest about owning up to our own mess. Because some of the situations and circumstances that we are in, it is not other people, it is us. The issue is you. And you got to be honest about that. You got to be, you got to take responsibility for the part you have played. And so on Friday night, it was so good because we had the panel discussion and, and we were talking about unforgiveness a little bit. And, and one of the individuals talked about how they release individuals, they release people, they release those things to God. And that's great. And I came behind them and I said, I think that's wonderful. But sometimes God is telling you to go to people face to face and ask for their forgiveness and or apologize. It is a very humbling thing, but we must do it. Why? Because we are people of the word. All right. And true freedom only comes, listen to me, true freedom only comes when you do what God has called you to do. Not what you want to do, not what you think you should do, but what God has told you to do. All right. The second area was bitterness. Bitterness in and of itself is anger and disappointment at being treated unfairly. Again, you may be justified in how you feel about the situation. However, comma, you have allowed anger, bitterness, and I'm going to add resentment to take root. Now, anybody who gardens knows that when you go out to um, pluck up weeds, if you don't pull that thing up by the root, it will grow back. And so, again, sometimes we think we've dealt with issues, but there is still the root of residue there. And so we've got to pluck that thing up by the root. So let's go to Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. It says, look, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ again has forgiven you. You've got to get rid of all the bitterness. You've got to get rid of all the rage. You've got to get rid of all the anger, all the slander, and all of the evil behavior. 
Oftentimes, again, people are bitter or mad about something that happened in their life, usually from the past. And they're unable or unwilling to let it go. You know, your body can do really, really, really weird and or I would say crazy things when you're under stress, when there's pressure, when you've allowed unforgiveness and anger to grow. And I will say, and it's not always the case, but there are some cases that a lot of the physical symptoms that you are experiencing by way of sickness is simply because you're holding on to unforgiveness and or bitterness. The body in and of itself is made to heal. It is. It's made to heal. Now, of course, we have doctors and things of that nature and physicians, and of course, they prescribe pills. But do you know, in the prescription, it only deals with the symptoms. They don't get to the root cause. I believe God set this, set this uh, series up strategically so we can get down to the root cause. What is the root of the unforgiveness? What is the root of the bitterness? And when we dig deep enough into God's word, he will give us the, the, um, the antidote or the prescription or the solution to not only deal with the symptoms, but to pull it up by the root once and for all. Hebrews 12 and 15. It says, guard against turning back from the grace of God. Let no one become like a bitter plant that grows up and causes many troubles with its poison. Do you know bitter people will try to poison other people so that they can be bitter too? Oh, okay, 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 okay. Let, let me say this. Just because me and this person has a falling out and I don't like them, now, I want to call this person over here up and tell them about my ought and or grievance or my dislike in the hopes of they won't like them either. So now I've decided or I've called a bridge or I've called separation because now I am sowing discord. And I'm going to get to that in this teaching. And these are the things, like I said, that happen in the body of Christ. And so in the body of Christ, we've got to have a unified front and make sure that these, are, these areas that are left unchecked are dealt with once and for all. Because the body, the God, God calls the body of Christ to unity, not to disunity. And so we've got to make sure that we are doing what we need to do to stay unified. Y'all heard the saying, hurt people hurt people. Y'all have heard the saying, misery loves company. Y'all know these things. And most people, again, are hurting, and they want other people to hurt too. And so that's why when I'm upset, I go tell sister so-and-so about me being upset instead of dealing with that individual one-on-one -on -one so we can resolve it and work it out. We got to do that. So new information. Let's get on with the new business. Y'all ready for the new business? Number three, if you're taking notes, you got to detox from fear. Got to detox from fear. Y'all know the acronym false evidence appearing real, right? And so I believe fear is simply misplaced faith. Oftentimes we, we fear loss. If you've ever lost anything, we fear loss. We don't know how we're going to continue to go on because we've lost this or we've lost that. We feel failure. 
You know, we don't try oftentimes or we don't put forth the effort that's needed to be successful because we fear failure. We fear rejection. Come on, we fear rejection. I, I, feel, I dealt with rejection when I was growing up. And so there were some um, uh, opportunities that were before me that I didn't pursue because I felt as if I was going to be rejected, all right? And sometimes, you know, we simply fear that we're not good enough. You know, we think we're not good enough because of all the things that we've experienced in our life, because of all the situations and circumstances that we've gone through, because people have said things to us and, and, and they always haven't been pretty, right? People have, have been degrading to us and talked about us and all of those things. And because of that, we fear going forth and we fear that we're not good enough. But God calls you to be good enough. His word has already has been spoken over you. He has already told you that you are good enough. So I want to look at 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 out of the New Living Translation. And it says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity. Timidity, is, timidity means the lack of courage. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. It is Satan, our arch enemy, that tries to use the weapon of fear, look, to disrupt our faith and keep us from moving forward in the things of God. He wants us to question, look, like he did Eve in the garden. He wants us to question those things that God has already told us that we could have, that we could be, and that what we could do. He's already told us. God has given us everything. He's told us, look, in all 66 books of the Bible, those who were there on Friday night get the inside joke. <laughs> He's already told us in the books of the Bible everything that we can have, be, and, and or accomplish. And the enemy's job is to get us in a, look, get us to the point of unbelief. And if he gets us, to, gets us to that point of unbelief, he can cripple us with fear so that we don't move forward with the things of God. And look, he plants a seed of doubt so that we don't trust God. But we are to fully rely on God. Every decision we make should include God. Did I say every decision? Every decision that we make should include God. Those of you, Pastor AJ talked about the covenant keepers gathering for married folks. But for those of you who are engaged, I hope you went to God. And I hope you asked God, is this the person that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with? Because if not, I want to tell you today, you can jack your life up getting hooked up with the wrong person. You can jack your life up. You can mess your life up. You can delay the plan and the purpose that God has for you because you are not in a God-ordained relationship. You're in a self-proclaimed relationship. This is what I want. This is who I want. And you didn't include God in that decision. Can I get an amen in this church? Some of us know what I'm talking about, right? You all have lived that life. Amen. Praise God. I want to say that worry and fear go hand in hand. Worry and fear go hand in hand. They like, they like two cousins, first cousins, not third cousins, first cousins. They hang out together. They, they go hand in hand. 
And so we must have total trust in God's ability, listen, to not only give us peace in the situations we're faced with, but also in his willingness, oh my God, to deliver and rescue us from trouble. See, one thing I know is I didn't always include God in all of my decisions. But one thing I know is when I called out to God, when I cried out to God, he gave me the wisdom, the fortitude, and the courage needed. He was there to rescue me out of my mess. And so I thank you, Lord, for your willingness to always deliver and rescue us from trouble. Always willing to deliver and rescue. Look at Isaiah 41 and 10. And this is his assurance that he tells us in his word when it's time to rescue and deliver. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Come on. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is there to uphold us. He's there to strengthen us. He's there to help us. And all we have to do is cry out to him when we're in fear. Amen. If you're scared, do it scared. Come on. If you're scared, do it scared. If you're in doubt, hold on to God's unchanging hand. You've got to combat fear by meditating on God's promises, listen, long enough to rid yourself of the fear and the anxiety and the worry. You've got to give no place to the devil. Did I say no place? You've got to give no place to the devil. And most importantly, you've got to continue to give the Lord thanks for everything that he's done in your life. That's a good place to give the Lord thanks. Come on, I said that's a good place to give the Lord thanks for everything. Come on, God rescued you from danger seen and unseen. God made a way when there didn't seem like there was ever going to be a way. You didn't know how you were going to get out of that bad relationship. You didn't know how you were going to get up that messed up career choice. But God gave you the wisdom, the fortitude, the strength, the courage, the resolve to get out of it. And you got to give him thanks every time because he is an on-time God. And not that may not come when you want him. No, that's not the case because God comes every time I call. Come on, he comes every time I call. All right, number four. This is going to be a good one too. (laughs) You got to detox from negativity. Man. I believe... And I just had this thought the other day when I was going back over my message. I believe the inventor of caller ID was a person trying to detox from negativity. Because if we be honest, some of y'all peek over that caller ID before you say hello, don't you? Because we're trying to gauge who's on the other line and how this conversation might go. Do we have enough in us to deal with what's on that phone line? Now, y'all know I'm joking. But we do need to detox from negative people. We need to detox from negative places. And we need to detox from negative things. Let me say that again. We got to detox from negative people, places, and things. 
We do. There is already enough negativity in the world. Turn on any news station. Go to any news app. There is all, already enough negativity in the world. And because we feed, or a lot of us feed on that negativity, there is, there, to me, there is, there is no reason, or I should say, it is no wonder, that's what I want to say, it is no wonder why people are depressed, why people are distressed, why people are oppressed, while people are walking around mad and sad because they've been feeding on so much negativity. My God, if you scroll social media, the, the negative things pop up first more than the positive things. And so we got all this negativity, and it's coming to us from all sides. And because we haven't fortified ourselves in the Word of God, and we haven't set boundaries in our life. Boundaries is a good word. We haven't set boundaries in our life. We begin to allow all that negativity to come in, and it poisons us. And we wonder why we're full of so much toxins. Because we haven't set up proper boundaries. And for some people, every time they open up their mouth is negative. Like you can say, oh, it's a beautiful day today, but it's going to rain. <laughs> I'm like, dang, I was just saying it was a beautiful day today. Y'all know people like that, right? Some of y'all are all those people. I'm just being honest. We self-examination time. Let's look at Proverbs 6 and 2 out of the Passion Translation. The thing about a negative person is a lot of times they believe they write in their own opinions. And let's look at the word. Proverbs 6 and 2, the Passion Translation says, I'm sorry, 16 and 2, says, we are all in love with our own opinions. The thing about opinions, y'all, is look, everybody has one. Everybody got an opinion. And just because I don't agree with your opinion doesn't necessarily make me wrong or right. It's just my opinion. We are all in love with our own opinions. Look, convinced they are right. But the Lord is in the midst of us testing and probing our every motive. Because, see, you got to ask yourself, what is my motive? And a lot of times, our motives are just not right. Or I would say our motives are self-serving. Maybe that's better. Our motives of self-serving. And so we're all in love with our own opinions because we all have them. But we're convinced that they're correct. But the Lord is in the midst of us testing and probing our every motive. And depending on your friend group, you could be entertaining negative people. And it's draining, y'all. Just, just, if I was up here just pre preaching a doom and gloom message, you all would be feeling so drained emotionally and also drained physically because the weight of those negative words will wear on you. And this is why we have to go to the word to build ourselves up. And this is why we have to pray in the Holy Ghost to build ourselves up in our most holy faith so that we don't become negative Nancys or negative Normans. We don't want, just when I say negative, don't you feel the weight of that word? We don't want to be those people who are 
critical all the time. Because it's a trap to get you to place your eyes on what's wrong instead of the things that are right. Your situation, even what you may be faced with right here, right now, on today, may not be the brightest. But God is still God. Jesus is still sitting at the right hand of the Father, daily making intercession for you. You still got an opportunity to choose righteousness. You still got an opportunity to do what's right. You still have the opportunity to walk in what's right. And in spite of whatever negative situation you are in, God is still God. Perspective is so important. Your perspective is so important. And if you're honest, it is very easy to be more negative than it is to be more positive. Instead of waking up in the morning, getting dressed and looking in the, in the mirror and saying, my God, you look good today, girl. Most of you are like, that, what's wrong with my hair? I need to do this. Oh, look at my this. Look at my that. That's negative. And so we got to work on that as a people. We got to work on that as a body. Why? Because some of us have been oppressed a long time. And we got to break out of that oppression. That's why confession is so important. We do a lot of confessions here in this ministry. Why? Because we're trying to help the soulish realm of you. We're trying to help you get your mind right, to get your spirit right so that your body can follow. Amen? You got to remove yourself from the negativity, listen, and drama in order to protect your peace. And I wrote this because I thought this was so good. Because a lot of times people be like, oh, I'm protecting my peace. Y'all heard that? Y'all might have said that. Some of you, I'm protecting my peace. Uh -uh, I'm not going around them. I'm not trying to do that because I'm protecting my peace. But if you're the one bringing the storm, then there is no peace. If you're the one bringing the storm, there is no peace. So in order, look, to have peace, you got to get to know the prince of peace. No, to have peace, you got to get to know the prince of peace. Because you could be the very one that's bringing the storm. And it's only God that's going to give you that checkup that's needed. Amen? Some people, again, become so familiar with toxicity and drama that they believe it's normal. And that's why they stay in it. Some people believe the drama is normal. Like, I'm just going to be transparent. I don't look at those reality shows, them housewives and stuff. I don't look at that because that's a field with a whole bunch of drama. And I know it's scripted, but they still could have chosen not to do the drama. I, I don't bring that drama into my space because I don't want to be filled with it. It's a lot of negativity and a lot of drama. And I'm not bashing it. I'm just saying what it is. And those of you watching can be honest, y'all know it's, it's filled with drama. It is not edifying. And so if I'm going to fill my life with anything, I want it to be things that are edifying, things that are going to bring me joy. I want to fill my life with people that I enjoy, people who are on the same wavelength as me, people who don't do drama. People who don't do the negativity. And when the negativity and the drama shows up, I'm going to be that one to squash it because I don't do drama. And I'm for real, for real protecting my peace. You can't say that if you're the one bringing the storm. You got to snatch yourself back, your mind, your will, your emotions. You got to bring those things back into spiritual alignment because this is kingdom. 
And the way we operate in the kingdom is totally different from how they operate in the culture. Drama is in the culture. Negativity is in the culture. Gossip, backbiting, that's the culture. That's not the kingdom. Number five. Oh, no, before, let me, before I get to number five, let's go to Proverbs 16, 28. Out of the ESV. It says, a dishonest man spreads strife, and a whisperer separates close friends. Those people who are always over in the corner, pss, 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 pss. Or, or maybe it's the, let me tell you something, but don't say nothing crowd. Or maybe it's the, you can keep this between me and you. What's the motive? You got to go back. What's the motive? Go back. I want to put that scripture up there. I want to keep it up there and let it linger. You know, when, when you're reading the scriptures, especially in the Psalms, it'll be like, um, Selah. That's a pause. It's Selah. A dishonest man spreads strife. See, you dishonest if you're trying to spread strife. I can't trust you. God can't even trust you. And a whisperer separates close friends. A whisperer separates close friends. You know, I'm of the type, I feel like if somebody says something about me, as long as they don't say it to me, then I don't have to chase that thing down. I just don't have to chase it down because those who know me know me. And those who don't know me, you may not have the opportunity to. If you allow the whisperer to get up in there. And so we got to detox, y'all, from this negativity. Let's look at Proverbs. We're going to stay in Proverbs, the book of wisdom. Proverbs 20 and 19. Proverbs will help you get your life right. Look, whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple blabber. Now, I didn't call you simple. The word of God says you're simple. I would say maybe just simple-minded because you don't know any better. You know, sometimes people just don't know better. But when you know better, you should what? All right. So now, after today, you're going to be held accountable for the word, listen, that you know. Oh, you were set up on today. God set you up. He set you up. He set you up because now you're accountable for the word that you know. Go back to Proverbs 20 and 19. Whoever goes about slandering, speaking falsely, that's what slandering is, reveals secrets. Therefore, do not associate with a simple, simple blab, babbler. I got this quote. Do y'all have the next quote about negative people? Negative people, yes or no? Let me know. Negative people, look, need drama like oxygen. Stay positive, it will take their breath away. <laughs> y'all know a fire needs oxygen to accelerate? But I'm going to help you out because I'm going to take your breath away. Look, by not speaking or getting, getting involved in it, I'm going to take your breath away. Negative people need drama like oxygen. They feed on drama. And if you become the person that stays positive and when they bring that, um, they bring that drama to you, y'all remember that old saying, uh, talk to the hand? 
You talk to the hand. Don't talk to me. Talk to the hand. Go around me. For, get away from me with that negativity. I don't want to hear it. If you do that, you snatch the breath away. That's my sister. That's my brother. You're not going to talk. Y'all know how y'all do about y'all own loved ones, right? Somebody call you and tell you your cousin such and such got in a fight. You want to know the who, the what, the when, the why, and the how. And you ready to roll. Some of y'all are about that type of life. And you still get delivered. Y'all know what I'm saying. Some of y'all are about that type of life. And so it's the same thing. When people try to come to you and bring negativity to you, you need to shut it down. And I'm going to say immediately. You got to shut it down immediately. We're not going to give life to it. We're not going to give breath to it. We're not going to give oxygen to it. Amen? Why? Because you got to protect your ears and your eyes. And look, it could very well be the enemy trying to get you off course. It could also be a test to see how loyal you are. Not to the person, but to God. Loyalty is important. Character is important. Integrity is important. And we've got to be people who do not give any place to the devil. Luke, uh, Luke chapter 11 and verse 34 says this, and you don't have to put it up, put it up. I'm going to read it for the sake of time. It says, Jesus said, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your ears are healthy, listen, when your ears are healthy, this is so good. When your ears are healthy, your whole body is also full of light. But when you are unhealthy, your body, Luke 11 and 34. When your ears are healthy, be careful how you hear. So very important to your health. In your body, amen? Number five, number five, detox from jealousy. James 3, verses 14 through 16 out of the New Living Translation. And this sums it up really good because this scripture is going to kind of tie in all of these things I talked about. It says, but if any of, if, if you, I'm sorry, but if you are bitterly jealous, you see how bitterness and jealousy go right, are linked together? You are bitterly jealous, and there is selfish ambition in your heart. Don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. My God. Can you just tell the truth? Like, again, that's why I said integrity is so important. Can you just be a person that tells the truth? Can you just be honest, even during this teaching, can you just be honest about those areas, those areas that have been identified? Can you just be honest about where you are on the spectrum so that you can get healthy, so that we can move forward, so that you can be all that God has asked and created you to be? Verse 15 says, for jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things, look, are earthy, earthly, that's the culture, unspiritual, and demonic. Does it say demonic? Demonic. 16 says, for wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find 
disorder and evil of every kind. Is the, if there is disorder, look, in any area, if it's, there is disorder in any area, could it be because there is jealousy and selfish ambition? Y'all remember last week I talked about fight, uh, families fighting and uh, jealous of one another and can't celebrate the success of this one or that one? My God, we got to deal with jealousy. The scripture tells us we are people who are supposed to celebrate and rejoice with our brothers and sisters as well as mourn and grieve with them as well. Why is it that we can't celebrate when people receive whatever they receive? We should be excited and all we simply have to do is shout, I'm next. But you won't be next if you got jealousy in your heart. You won't be next. You, look, I dare not say you won't receive anything. You know what's rooted in jealousy oftentimes? Comparison. Oh, my God. I did a whole teaching on comparison. It's in the resource center. I did a whole teaching. I think it was called the enemy of comparison. I did a whole teaching on comparison because that is the thing that is rooted in jealousy. And you need to deal with that thing immediately. Stop being concerned. Did I say stop? Stop being concerned about what other people are doing or what other people have. Put some more attention on what you are doing and what you need to have. And so we get into, in that teaching I believe I talked about, we get into this race with other people. When the only true race is a race with yourself. You don't have to be worried about what they doing over here or they doing over there. That's the thing. That's the thing about social media that I don't like because what you don't realize is social media is a is a 10 second, maybe a 5 second look, filtered look. Did I say filtered? Filtered look into someone else's life. It's a filtered look. It's not even authentic most of the times. It's filtered. And we're so concerned about what they doing over there and what they doing over there instead of being concerned what I'm doing. When God has already called you to something and to do something. It's a trap to keep you focused on other people instead of being focused on the assignment that God has for you. Amen? And this is why you have to have a healthy, a healthy social media relationship because you would begin to again doubt what God has called you to because you're worried about what everybody else is doing and that's where the the feeling of not being good enough comes in because it looks like they got everything that you want and some but can I tell you something a long time ago I heard people say the grass may look greener on the other side but you don't know how much water it takes to keep it up. You don't know what a person has to do to live the lifestyle that you think that you want to have, that they have. You don't know that they really may be in a hellish war, in a devilish situation, and they're just portraying for the ground. 
don't really know if they're in a healthy relationship, but you hashtagging relationship goals. Tell the truth and shame the devil in this place. Because if you really knew what they had to deal with, you may not be able to bear up under that pressure. You wonder why some of those people that we idolize take their lives. And you're thinking, well, how could they have done that? Or why did they do it? Because it looked like they got everything that you want and some. But you got the one thing that money cannot buy. And that's an authentic relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you got him, you got everything you need, amen? And he'll give you the wisdom on how to get some of that other stuff, amen? Amen. I want to say this as well. I want to go to Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. And I'll be closing shortly. It says, guard your heart. Proverbs 4, 23 through 27 out of New King James says, guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get distracted. Or I'm sorry, don't get sidetracked. Don't get distracted either. <laughs> Keep your feet from following evil. Again, you got to take your eyes off of people and put them on God. If you want to really be healthy and holy, I mean healthy, I'm sorry, and whole, you need to focus more on God's word and how those words can bring edification to your life. Amen? So four steps to starting on the right path, and then I'm going to end this. Four steps to starting on the right path. Number one, be committed to the process. For two weeks, I've been talking about a soul detox. And if you're going to be committed, if you're going to start on the right path, you first got to be committed to the process. If you're going to detox, again, if you're going to detox your soul, you need to be 100% committed. It is a all or nothing. The doctor, you go to the doctor, he gives you a prescription for those symptoms, and he said, you need to take one a day, you know, three times a day in order to feel better. Guess what? You need to take one a day, three times a day in order to feel better. So if you really want to be uh, committed to the process and experience a real refreshing soul detox, guess what? You got to be committed to the process. I mean, I've stood up here for two weeks. I've given you scripture after scripture. I've shared some good stuff with you, but you got to be 100% all in or all out. You got to have that type of attitude. Number two, you got to remove, listen to this, remove unhealthy patterns or behavior. What is stopping you from being all that God has called you to be? Could it be one of these five areas that I located? And if it's, look, six, seven, or eight, or nine, or even ten areas, guess what? You've got to remove those things. You got to get rid of all of the toxic traits that we discussed throughout this teaching. Identify the problem areas and make the necessary adjustments. Number three, listen, you got to change your attitude. Come on, your attitude makes all the difference. You got to take inventory of yourself, not other people. You got to take inventory of yourself. Why am I like this? Why do I react this way? See, that's personal accountability. 
You got to make sure that you change your focus. What am I focusing on in this season? What, are I, what am I giving my eye gates and my ear gates attention to? Amen? And number four, you got to work on your identity. Allow God to show you through his word who you are in him. Oftentimes we're looking for self-validation through other people, but God has already validated you. God has already put his stamp of approval on, on you. So you've got to allow God's word to show you who you are in him. Amen? Closing out with this, I read this many, many, many years ago, and as I was moving forward with this teaching, God brought it back to my remembrance, and I thought this was an excellent way to close out the two-part series, Soul Detox. So I'm just going to read this until you're hearing. This is what it says. It says, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and sincere, people may deceive you. Be honest and sincere anyway. What you spend your years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous, but be happy anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it's between you and God. It never was between you and them anyway. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening today. If this message encouraged you, imagine what it could do for someone else. Here at KL, we believe in reaching the one. And you can partner with us in that endeavor by sharing this podcast with someone else. If the Holy Spirit has convicted you or inspired you to join or reach out to us through today's message, please email us at kingdomlifechurchva at gmail.com. If you would like to give towards this ministry or find out more information, check out our website, which is kingdomlifeva.com, and follow us on Facebook at Kingdom Life Chesterfield VA and Instagram at Kingdom Life VA. Don't forget to subscribe so you can hear more messages just like this. There's no life by Kingdom Life.